Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. words from his leadership and as a friend. So would you welcome Pastor Doug Frederick this morning. Well, good morning, uh, CPC. It's really great to be here. And I, uh, very kind words from Laura and, um, and from Mike as well. And um, the last time I was here was in January. We brought a team of students here for your transformation weekend. And those students still talk about your hospitality, your love, your response to them. That was a really great weekend. I don't know if you're doing that again, Mike, Transformation Weekend, but uh, if you've never been to one, maybe sign up for it. But um, it's, very, it's very kind that Mike in, has invited me to come uh, this morning. Uh, I live in Langley, BC, so on, on the scale of places to live, there's Langley, and then there's Comox Courtney Valley, okay? So I just want to remind you again, if the only reason I'm here every year is to remind you that you live in Comox, Courtney, Upper Island, Lower Island, I, could you just nod your head at me and just say, yes, I understand, I'm never going to take it for granted, you live here, okay? It's uh, really quite a, an amazing, beautiful place. Um, the, the, the title of this series that you're walking through is Renewal of All Things. And we believe that Jesus, one of his missions was to renew the things that had been broken and cursed and to put a reverse on the death of creation to give us life. Do you believe that this morning? And so this morning, I, I, I want to, um, this, this message has been kind of really percolating, you know, like, Remember those old coffee percolators? It's just been like, it's been bubbling. And I, I want to talk about something, and I want to talk about a name. It, it, there's, there's one word that describes it, and I kind of want to frame it, because I don't want you to be afraid of that word. You know, um, there's a lot in a name. My name is Doug, Douglas. I have an aunt that calls me Dougie. I don't like her very much, but um, she calls me Douglas. But Douglas is a Scottish name for dark gray waters. I think most of my life I feel pretty happy and excited, but there, I tell you the truth, there are some days that I, I am my name. I'm dark, I'm gray, I feel like I'm in this deep water. And um, um, I, I love the name of this church, CPC, Comox Pentecostal Church. Now, if you think about Comox, Comox is in Comox. But I, I know that even sitting here this morning that some of you are... Uh, you're not just in Comox, you're in Courtney and Up Island and Down Island and you, maybe you're driving from Vancouver, good for you, enjoy that ferry ride every morning and back to Vancouver once a day, but, but you're, you're in Comox and then there's Pentecostal. Now we could, we could stop there and have a, a long discussion about that, but I think that Pentecostalism, healthy Pentecostalism is non-manipulative. It is letting the spirit move without, without the manipulation of man. I think that's good Pentecostalism. 
but it's about word and spirit together. Pentecostals are increasingly loving God's word and digging into God's word. It's, it's about releasing women into ministry. It's about releasing all of you in this room into, into ministry. Pentecostalism is about being surrendered to the Holy Spirit. You know that in the book of John, it ver- talks very little about the sacraments and it talks heavily about the, the Holy Spirit because John is looking back and saying, do you know where transformation comes from? Transformation in our lives actually comes from surrendering to the Holy Spirit. So Pentecostal, and then church. Church is another interesting word. Uh, our, our culture, our society, there's a lot of duns with church and there's a lot of nuns with church. But I love church. I love church and I'm, I'm passionate about church because I believe that Jesus is passionate, passionate about the church. When, um, the, when Saul uh, had an encounter with Jesus in Acts chapter 10 on the road to Damascus and became Paul, Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me is the key there. And what Saul was doing was, was killing Christians. He's like, what are you doing? There's this connection between this group of people and Jesus, between you and Jesus. In fact, if you're an apologeticist, you think of, you know, what, what, when did the church come to be? The church came into the, in existence in a flash. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. And yeah, there's, you know what? I, I'm gonna just speak honestly this morning, as honestly as I can. I've been hurt by not, not really the church, but probably people in the church. I'm sure that some of you have been, you know, confused, maybe, maybe hurt. Am I talking to my own self this morning? If, if I'm talking to myself, it's not gym night, but just throw something at me, will ya? Okay, well, can you do that? Throw a ball or a pen or something. Just don't aim for my head. That would be great. But the thing, the good, what I love about church is that if you can work through those things, if you can renew your heart, your soul, mind, and still be part of the community of God called the church, it's so powerful. And God loves the church. Jesus' Jesus's plan is the church. One of the things besides just being blessed to work with Mike and Laura at CLA Langley for those great years that they were there. I also pastor uh, something, I'm an associate pastor at CLA, one of them, but then my focus is recovery church. And so I lead a group of people every Sunday night. I won't be there tonight, of course, because the ferries will be canceled because there's big winds coming in. Dear Jesus, pray for me. But I I lead a a group of people. Last Sunday night, we had 180 people that gather and worship and and just focus on God, and we give a, a word that's, that's, that's gut level to people who are in addiction, outside addiction, family members who are, have children who are in addiction. Uh, in these last three weeks, we lost two people in our church to fentanyl overdose. You know that 92% of people who die uh, in, in addiction is not the downtown east side, and it's not, it's not the streets in Comox. It's in homes and neighborhoods just like you and me. It's a toxic drug supply, and, and, and people need compassion to get out of it. So I love uh, Recovery Church, and I, I have this word for Recovery Church, and it's not a great word, and please uh, don't use this. Forgive me. You can send me an email if you're mad that I use this word, but I use the word sometimes, like I look at you know, our volunteer team, and I just say, what happened here tonight was, was magical. And that's not a good word, is it? No, that's not a great word. Uh, maybe mystical is another good word, but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna aim on a, a topic and a theme today. I know this is a, a lar- large introduction, but I, I wanna explain what, what I mean by this. About a month ago, and this, this happens all the time at Recovery Church because 
It's different, and this is not a knock on you who are watching from the camera today, but it's different from staying home than actually being part. I know some of you maybe are sick or ill, but being part of a group of people. Something happens in the mix of when we gather together, and it's not just about a preacher who's preaching God's word. It's about the conversation that happened in this room. It's the conversation that happens outside that foyer. It's how you look at each other when you drive in. It's what happens not just on Sunday, but Monday to Saturday. And so at Recovery Church, almost every week, there's this, like, an hour and a half. We start from 6 to 7.30, and it's just this eclectic, like, mixture of, of wow. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, about a month ago, there was a lady who came, and she, she told me this story after we're done. And she's from Chilliwack, and Chilliwack's a little bit of, little ways from, from Langley. And she said, um, you know, she's been, she's been living in community. We don't say addiction to sobriety. We say addiction to in community, because people need community. And so she, she said, I was in Chilliwack, and I've been thinking about, like, for weeks and weeks, about this lady that I used to be with on the downtown east side. I have no idea where she is. And all of a sudden, she said, I heard in my heart that I should go to recovery church. Okay, I know where that is. It's Langley. She looked it up. You know, it's quite a drive. She drives to Recovery Church on that Sunday night, and she sits in her car, and she says, this is silly. I, I, I'm not, why am I here? This is ridiculous. I, I just, maybe I'll just get some food. I'll get some Greek food or McDonald's. I'll turn around and go back to Chilliwack. Then she just heard the Spirit just gently say, just, just go in. So she went in, and uh, we have worship every, every Sunday night. Um, and so she's worshiping, and she, she's just into it, and she's focused. And, you know, when worship is done, she puts her hands down and looks to her left, and the lady that she's been thinking about for 10 years is right beside her. And that happens all the time in a community. And there's another word that I want to use for this, and I want to also explain it. It's the word prophetic. And I don't want you to be afraid of that word. Uh, it's beautiful that you're doing the book of Revelation. What I want to talk about today is, is I just want to make it really clear. What I'm talking about is not, is not the, um, the book of Revelation. The, what I'm talking about is this prophetic kind of sense this broad sense that when we gather together, when we, whether it's in this room, whether it's in small groups, that there's this milieu, and it's not that we, you know, we don't, we don't fill people with the Spirit. God does it all. We're just his vessels open. But when we are together, there's something, I don't want you to be afraid of it, there's something prophetic that takes place. There's something that is happening in this room that sets you up even for the week that's ahead. Like even Mike even said that. We're here, read from Hebrews. Jesus, same today, yesterday, today, and forever, and forevermore, he'll be the same. So go in peace, and, but also connect with us. But there's this prophetic sense. Now, now I have you understand that prophetic in the Bible, it, it's, there's a very small portion of this, this, this idea of the prophetic that has to do with future events, okay? Like sometimes we just get too caught up in maybe you, please, it, I, I'm not here to offend anybody, but sometimes we get too caught up in YouTube and, and maybe CNN or Fox News, and we, that's all we think about. We just fixate on future events. That's a very small portion of the idea of what the prophetic is. You, we have to be very careful of saying a people place time, and then people who say prophetically, this will happen then. I mean, the Old Testament, if, the pro, if a prophet named a place, person, time, event, it didn't happen, they were labeled as a false prophet. And, and we don't, we're not Old Testament, New Testament people. Jesus never called it the Old Testament. He called it the scriptures. 
So let's, like, we have, to be, we have to be conscious of, yes, there is a prophetic element to our faith. Yes, the book of Re- Revelation, there's a prophetic happenings. But the book of Revelation is also to be read with the Gospels and, and the, the epistles. And it's about being a disciple in the midst of, and I don't say this, mean, I mean it in the midst of hell sometimes that we walk through. And so prophetic also, as it says in Revelations 19.10, that prophecy has to be done in the spirit of Jesus. Think about that. That, that, that says a lot about people who are angry or it's, it has to be done. Prophecy is good when it's in the spirit of Jesus. And so what I want to talk about today is, is not that part. I'm not talking about the apocalypse of Revelation. I'm talking about the sense that Moses to Joshua said, I wish everyone would walk in, the, in, in prophecy. See, in the Old Testament, it was only prophets, priests, and kings that were filled with the Holy Spirit. But listen, CPC, we now, all of us have the Spirit of God inside of us. All of us walk with the presence of God. All of us can hear the whisper of the Spirit in our hearts, in our minds. All of us are called to Jesus. All of us are called to respond in our faith. The book of John, even the word believe, there's no, there's no noun for believe in the book of John. It's just go and do, verb, believe, do it. Because we have the Spirit. And there's this term that just been boiling on my heart and my mind, and this morning I wanna talk about three things from the life of Mary. Yes, you heard me right, you're like, Doug, it is not Christmas. I think it's only 11 weeks away. Sorry, Who's, who threw that? I don't know who that was. It's coming very close, but I've been, I've been fascinated with the life of Mary. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke. Uh, I know that was a long introduction, and the sermon part won't be as uh, probably the same length. But if you want to look at Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 34 to 47. And, um, you know, I, as people who are uh, Protestant, um, evangelical, we don't talk about Mary very much. We talk about Christmas, but I, I want to I talk about Mary. And there's something here in this text that I think Mary is actually a model disciple. She is a model follower of Jesus. She never did what Jesus did for you and me. And uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna look at Mary, but let's read the text. And if you don't mind this morning, could we read just in honor of scripture? I mean, could we stand please? Of course we're gonna read it. But if you could just stand with me as I read the scripture. Starting in verse 34. Everyone okay so far? Okay. And Mary said to the angel, so you know, uh, Gabriel comes to Mary. Uh, Mary is probably the age of like maybe 13, 14. Some people say as old as 16 years old. Angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, Mary, you are gonna birth the son of the living God. And then we pick it up in verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Let's just stop there. She questions what was been told of her. You know what? It's good to question at times, honest questions, not cynical, not, 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 um, not critical, but God is the kind of God that allows us to say, God, what are you up to in my life? Do you catch that? And that's, that's healthy faith. 
And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Somebody say amen. amen. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. You know what Christianity is? Christianity is saying, God, what are you doing? And I'm in. I'm going for it. That's a good view of Christianity. I got questions. I don't understand things. Uh, you, you know, God, you're going to have to help me here. And let's go. It's a good thing in faith. Uh, Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste, remember that word haste, into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then there's this response from Mary in verse 47, 46 and 47. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my God my Savior. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for um, your people who, who you've filled us with your spirit. And we're not saved to sit. We're saved to be your mouthpiece, a prophetic mouthpiece to hurting people. And Lord, would you maybe just renew that in our own hearts today? Renew that vision in our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I think what we have here in this text is, is a guide, is a guide to understanding uh, the, the, how to work prophetic, how does God work prophetically? You know what I mean by that term, right? I'm just looking over everyone. You know what I mean by that, right? I'm not talking about revelation. I'm not talking about, you know, put your hand on the screen, 749.95, and you're gonna get $5,000 back. I'm not talking about that kind of prophecy. I'm talking about this sense that God is among us. He's working among us. That is the context of what I wanna talk about this morning. Prophetic means that we are gonna open our lives to how God wants to work. That's what I mean by prophetically. Why do I go to Mary? Because Mary uh, is known as, um, uh, uh, the, the church has seen Mary as a priest, but the church has also seen Mary in a prophetic way. That she bore the Savior of the world and gave Jesus to the world. And I know that we don't talk about Mary very much, but we almost need like a, a, a revision of who Mary is, like a 2.0. Because we just see her on the camel and she's like, blessed Virgin Mary. But Mary's a lot different than that. Mary was probably a leader in the Church of Rome. We know that at the cross, Mary and John, John took care of Mary. John went to Ephesus. When John was writing the book of the Gospel of John, Mary was probably there. I'm sure they're having conversation. And, you know, Mary, tell me about that time in, in, at the wedding of Cana. And what was that like? What did you say to Jesus? And John is writing and thinking. And not only that, but in the days of Jesus, do we have any Marys in the room? 
Any Marys? All right, there's probably a Mary somewhere. But in Palestine, one out of every four little girls born were called Mary. And it's because when you think about what was happening at that time with Roman rule and oppression and and aggression from people who were invading uh, Palestine, um, there were stories in, in Israel's history from 160 BC and the Maccabean revolt. And there was a, there was a, a princess by the name of Mary. And, and so moms and dads, Jewish moms and dads would think, well, maybe my daughter's going to be a, you know, a wife and a housekeeper and she's going to be a professional, but maybe she's going to rise up like that princess uh, in the Maccabean revolt and, and take over from these Romans who are oppressing us and coming against us. And we know of, of Miriam or Miriamne who is um, Moses' sister. And, and she spoke up to Moses and she led the woman of Israel out of, out of Egypt into the promised land. So Mary is not just this like, uh, you know, blessed Virgin Mary. Mary was, uh, she showed up at very significant times in the, in the scripture. And so Mary, um, we can learn something from Mary. There's three things, there's three things that I see here in the text uh, that talks about how do we walk prophetically when God's among us. And I think the the first thing is this. The first thing is this. Walking in a, a sense of the prophetic means that we say, let it be to the happening of God in our own lives. That we are open to what God wants to do in you and in me. Again, Mary is is 13 years old. People say that maybe she was even up to 16 years old. That is not easy. In the context of being an Israelite and a Jew, it would mean that in in her mind when she's hearing this angel, Gabriel, tell her that she's gonna, she's first of all, don't you know that I'm a virgin? What, What are you saying to me? What is happening? She also knew that there would be an she would be ostracized, she would, she would be secluded. She knew that she would pay the price. And let me, let me tell you, many even in this room this morning, you've made decisions to follow God. Even when your family is saying, are you, are you crazy? But it's like this, you've had, you have said, you, everyone in this room, I'm gonna say, let it be to the let it be of God. God, you do your work in me. You transform me. You come and do something new inside of me. And that's the beginning of of this prophetic work that God wants to do. God wants to transform us. He wants to change us. He wants to renew us. He wants to take the brokenness of our lives. We saw that in the video about the renewal of all things. And he wants to make us walk and talk and look and speak and act and respond. Guess who like? Not me, not Pastor Mike. He wants us to be like Jesus. And that happens when you and I have said, let it be. Come, Jesus. Come and transform me. I, I, I have questions. I don't know exactly all this is about. And, I, and I'm not sure what, what this looks like, but I'm in. Let it be, Lord. I'm gonna walk this life of faith. And this is what happens, this beginning of this prophetic work in our lives. And sometimes it starts with just the gospel message. Maybe some of you are even maybe beyond that. Maybe some of, some of you have heard the call to go on a missions trip. And why are you not there? You said, man, I'd love to go to Guatemala. I'd love to get. Then let, it, let the stirring of the let it be change your life. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's leading a small group. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's helping out with youth, right, Chantil? Maybe it's, 
helping with kids' ministry. Maybe it's nursery. Maybe it's doing something for the men in the community. Maybe it's actually giving a rip about people who are in addiction. Maybe God is speaking to you, and you're saying, well, God, let it be. That's where the prophetic starts, this let it be. I want to talk about Mary's pregnancy. Listen, when a guy talks about pregnancy, first of all, I just want to make it really clear. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't let a guy try to tell you what it's like to be pregnant because he, he doesn't know. But I was with someone close in my life, and we've walked through it twice. And there's this sense as Mary is hearing this word saying, let it be, what does pregnancy do? What, what happens in pregnancy? Uh, I, again, I have no idea, but I've observed this, is that your body changes, your diet changes, your tastes change. Your sleep patterns change. What you do is that you, you learn to be uncomfortable with what's taking place inside of you. And this is like the prophetic workings of God. When you come to faith, when you come to Christ, and he's working on you and changing you and, 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 and rearranging things in your life, it's like, okay, God, there's something taking place in my life, and I'm going to just continue to say, let it be to the let it be in my life. God, you, you, you work, you bring change. The second thing that I see here in the prophetic, and I'm gonna keep on time as much as I can this morning, is it's not only, the, walking in the prophetic is not only just, let it be, God, let it be, I surrender to you, but we recognize that many times God is asking you something that we in our own strength cannot do. You cannot live for Christ in your own strength. You cannot do ministry in your own strength. You cannot leave a Bible study in your own strength. You cannot pastor in your own strength. You cannot teach in your own strength. You can't help at youth ministry in your own strength. You can't be called to full-time ministry or missions in your own strength. This is, this is the idea of the prophetic. This is, Mary got the news and she asked the question, how will this happen? I don't know if you know, Maybe you do. I am a virgin, and this is not what. What are you talking about, Gabriel? And 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 faith asks good questions. It's good to take those steps of faith. And 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 then we see this te in the text. What Mary does is it says she rushed with haste. Let me just I feel like an American evangelist here. Can you say haste with me? Haste. She ran with haste to Elizabeth. Why? Because Christianity is not a life of perfection. Christianity is a life of question and, 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 and thinking and, and, and question and thinking and processing and, and, and thinking again and processing and concerns. The mark of a prophet, the mark of a real prophet is not arrogance and entitlement. The mark of a real prophetic voice of God is that there's, I have a need and I need help and I run to, to get help with what God's trying to say to me. Mary is unsettled by this. You want to birth the, the savior of the world in me? We are not independent lone rangers in this life called Christianity. There's, there's, no, there's no framework in the scripture for it. There's no framework for it's me and Jesus. If you've ever said that to yourself, please have a conversation with your pastor. He loves you, and he'll say that there's, it's nowhere to be found in the scripture. This independent, just me and Jesus, we're hanging out, it's, 
even though it's difficult, it's always about rushing with haste to the community of God for help. Christians run into community. They run through to trusted friends. And they say this, when God's doing something in your life, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not this, it's not like, God's doing something to me and I'm fine. I can bear it. No. It's not saying I don't need anybody because God is in me or God spoke to me. No, it's that God did speak to me and it's too much to handle. I can't handle this on my own. God's calling me to full-time pastoral ministry. God's calling me to missions. God's calling me to work with the youth and I am scared so much. I'm, I'm freaking out. What do I do? How do I do it? Pastor Mike, God's calling me to maybe lead a small group and I'm not sure what to do. I need, I need help and training and encouragement. That is prophetic. It's not this arrogant, uh, obstinate, uh, nobody talk to me, this is right. No, that's, that's not the prophetic. And I'm gonna say something very strong. The prophetic, the prophet that stands alone apart from community is a false prophet. The prophetic is about being in community, about accountability. Christianity leans into people. If we think about Titus, it talks about young women with older women and older women with young men and young men with older men, not maybe young men and older women. Forget that. You know what I mean. Men stay with the men, women stay with the women. But this idea of accountability. And, and, and again, it's, it's like Mary's like, I think God told me that I'm gonna see, conceive God. I know, Elizabeth, this seems crazy. Can you reassure me that what I'm hearing is the heartbeat and the call of God for my life in this time? And some of you are sitting in this room and God has spoken to you and he's spoken to you clearly because that's how he works through his spirit and you're just sitting on something and you're, maybe you're sitting on it too long. I just, I please, CPC, I just encourage you the spirit is safe. The spirit doesn't manipulate. The spirit is the paraclete, the guide, the comforter. Follow through with those things that God is speaking to you about. Talk to a small group leader. Talk to the youth pastor. Talk to your pastor. Just follow through. Um, I, I tell you, the, the times that I've just followed through, is it easy? Say it with me. Nope. Is it joyful and worthy? Yes. Because God is good. He doesn't feel good all the time, but he is good. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I think God is doing something in me. It's not that I'm, okay, I got it. No, I got it, and I think I, I need some people to help me here. That is, that's a, what a prophetic community is like. The last thing that I see here is this. So it's not only just, you know, it's saying, let it be to the happening of my life. It's not just recognizing that God is asking you to do something in the strength that you too cannot do on your own. But Christianity, the prophetic, the mystic, is to bring unintentionally God alive in other people's lives. The prophetic is not, I'm walking into the CPC, I'm sitting down, I'm done. Oh, I'll grab a Cheerio and a coffee on the way out, I'm gone. Was that last Sunday? I missed it. Churro. Churro. <laughs> Sorry. There's this big ball of what I want to say, what my mind thinks, and then when my actually comes out of my mouth is very small. <laughs> Christianity is to unintentionally bring God alive in other people's lives. 
Mary goes to Elizabeth, and the byproduct, and it doesn't say that I'm going to fill her with the Spirit. It doesn't say that Mary does that. Mary runs to Elizabeth, knowing her own need. Mary, being vulnerable, brings Jesus into the moment, and she brings something alive also in Elizabeth. Listen, you don't have to hype it up. We don't need churches that are just full of, like, hype shows. As Eugene Peterson said, we don't need dog and pony shows in the prophetic. There's enough weird out there. We need Jesus-centered people speaking into others' lives. You don't have to do that. But let me tell you, your presence will awaken God in other people's lives. And it's not just about this preacher speaking or Mike speaking or Laura preaching. It's, it's about this room and it's about what happens in the foyer and in small groups during the week. We, we bring God alive in, in one another. And that's what I love about the church. That God has opened up his spirit to all of you. It's not just Sunday. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Mike's here on Sunday and he preaches a word and he's encouraging to you. And he's, you're going to make it, CPC, and you're going to go for it. And God's with you and he's the same yesterday. And that's what church is about. It's like this gathering so that we can do the real work of the spirit from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's, that's the prophetic part of the church. And it's beautiful. This is why church is not a club, it's not a show, it's not entertainment. We encourage each other that we would be stirred and God would come alive. And it's not my power, it's not my expertise, it's not my, my platform, but it's through a position of weakness and humility. God, work. Work in all of us together. The marks of a Christian that God is doing in us and through us more than we can do on our own strength. I want you to catch this, and I'm almost done. If you have that pen ready to throw at me, I wouldn't be offended. What is it, a nickel, a, a toonie? I'll take it. I'm gonna go over time for that toonie. But I want you to catch this. Notice this. Uh, and I take off my glasses because I'm getting old. See this. Because Mary is willing to say yes to what God wanted, she's overwhelmed. Because she is overwhelmed, she runs to, to Elizabeth for counsel. Because she runs for counsel, out of Elizabeth comes the word of God. You see that in the text? There's this like, there's this like layering effect of, of need and desperation and wonder and questioning and faith. And then because the word of the Lord comes out of Elizabeth, out of Mary comes this song of praise. Isn't that church? And, and it's not, it's not, Mike, like, da -da 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 -da. like let's, let's hype it up in here. No, we're people of the Spirit. And you walk out of this place and you, hey, Mary, how are you? Oh, it's been a tough, let's pray right now. Why? Because you are spirit people. That, that, that's the move of the prophetic. This is, this is the community and God at work. And it's, it's people who say, I, God is in me and I can't bear it and I need help. And I'm gonna run to you for help and I need your care and your love. And, 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 and coming out of you is the sense of the word of God is given and then there's praise that comes out of you. Like, I haven't read it, but as we continue on in the text of Luke, there's this poem, we call it poetry, called the Magnificat. It's not poetry. It's like this intense, prophetic 
like justice-driven song from Mary. There's two places in the Magnificat where it talks about the humble. You see the humble. And then I think it's verse 52 where it says, and the humble will be, that's actually a bad translation of the text. The Greek says, you will lift up the humiliated. Think about the context of Mary and Rome and even if you read the Septuagint, there's many times in the Septuagint where it talks about Rome using, and please, I don't, I, I'm not doing this for hype, but sexual exploitation and rape to humiliate women of that day to subjugate them. And hear Mary's song. Mary's song is, God, you use your son to bring the humiliated, lift up the, those who've been humiliated to make them sons and daughters of you. Why would you not want to serve Jesus? And we, we don't worship Mary. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't pray. Because listen, a few chapters later in the book of Luke, Jesus does what Mary could not do, but what Mary did prophesy. Jesus says, I, I have come to give good news to the poor. I am here for the captives. I'm here for the recovery of sight to the blind. I am here for those who are oppressed. And that's you, and that's me. We are the margins. (laughs) We have been grafted in, Romans 9, 10, 11. We are a part of that sheet that Peter saw in Acts 10 as it came down. We, 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 that's us. May we sense and feel the mercy and grace of God this morning, CPC. And I hope you feel encouraged that, man, is that what the Spirit does? Again, it's not your hype show. It's just that when we're with each other and we're reading God's word and, and when we're speaking life, this worship and connection, and it's beautiful. You know, John chapter 19, verses 25, and I'm just gonna make reference to this text and then pray for you, is when Jesus is on the cross and Jesus looks at Mary and says, Mother, look at your son. And then Jesus says, son, behold your mother. You know that Jesus is not saying, look at me. (laughs) This is so, so crazy great. Jesus is saying, Mary, look at John. John, look at Mary. You know what? Jesus on his last breath, his last breath, was thinking about building a faith community, building the church building connection. Doesn't that give you hope? His last breath on the cross before he gave up his breath. I mean, we know the hope is in the resurrection, but he's like, you're get together. You need each other. You need each other. Bless you, CPC. Let me just say a prayer for you. Pastoral prayer over your life. Father, I thank you this morning for this place, these people, your people that you love, that you died for, that you, you fit. Not only did you, did you live on this earth, not only did you die, raise again, um, ascend to heaven, but you gave us the Holy Spirit. So that's not just prophets, priests, and kings, but it is your people who walk in a prophetic sense that we're not, we're not creating something, we're just responding to a gracious loving God that wants to fill us with the empowerment of a spirit and help us to bring life to one another. Thank you, Lord, that your, 
your scripture is about life, light, and love. And may we walk in that. May we sense that today. And may we respond. May, our, may we have a let it be to your let it be. We love you, Jesus, this morning. Bless this church. Amen. Would you join me in standing together right now as you stand? I'm going to call our prayer ministry team to come forward right away, please. Today, some of you have come and there's a burden, a concern, a situation in your life. Maybe there's been something God's spoken to your heart and you need, you need somebody to agree with you in prayer today. Today, as we conclude, this team is available to pray with you, to pray for you. Comox Pentecostal Church, we are called to be a church family together. And we do believe in the prophetic works of God. That is God revealing himself, God speaking things that are true, life-giving things, and that that happens in the context of community, not just Sunday, but all week long. You need each other. I want you, just as Doug was praying, I was looking around at you. God has made you wonderful, all of you. And I want you just to take a moment. Don't start chatting with each other, but just look around, look around. Would you look at the others here? Just, it's okay. Just look around, turn your head around. You can look up into the balcony, downstairs. If you're upstairs, you're, you're used to looking down at everybody else, that's fine. You need these people. And guess what? They need you. When you're here on Sundays, it matters. When you're in each other's homes during the week and you, you bring your Bible and you open it up and you say, I have question. I don't get this. Or God's talking to my heart. Doug spent a lot of time talking about things you might be called to. You know what we're all called to? Loving relationships. Monday through Saturday, Sunday too. And that's not easy, but you need each other. We're all called to bring God's work into the world that we find ourselves in every day where you work, where you go to school, where you play and hang out with others. God is wanting to work there. And guess what? That's hard stuff. You need others to be praying with you and praying for you. As we were talking about earlier in the service, this fall, you need, you need the opportunity to connect and grow with others. If you know who those others are, like there's, there's names and faces of people that you know, this week I'm getting together in their home and they're my others and we're praying for each other, and we're in the Bible together, then I want you to thank God for them. But if you're you know, part of the group, and there's a lot of them in this church who are like, actually, I don't know who my others are this fall. I don't know whose home I'm going to. I don't know who's praying with me. I don't know who to bring my questions from the Bible to. Then I want you to have some courage to sign up. We'll help get you into a pop-up group. We'll get you into a coffee club. Because God has others for you, and you're the others for somebody else. As we conclude today, I want to lead us in a final prayer and blessing, and then let's hang out with each other. Father, thank you for your family. What a beautiful thought from the cross. Some of the final words and works of Jesus at the cross were to put John and Mary into a sense of family, your new family, the new family of God, that from the cross, what mattered to you was forming community, putting people together to care, to grow, to connect. Would, would you help us as we connect with one another this fall? 
And to those who are sensing a fresh call to something, whether it's just being a patient parent this week, serving your spouse this week, bringing your best to work so that God's kingdom advances there too. We need your grace and we need each other in this. Now, Father, as we go into your world on your mission, we declare boldly, we need you. We can't do this on our own. We need your spirit and we need each other. And the same hope and love and truth that we've found in Jesus is it's what we want for our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, those we see right here in the Comox Valley. Would you help us to bring that into the everyday stuff of life here in the Comox Valley together? We pray this in the strongest name, which is above every other. It's yours, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Now, I know you're going to get chatty with a bunch of people, and that's wonderful. Would you just take a moment, just look around at others again, and just smile. Just smile at each other. They belong to you, and you belong to them. Now, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I see couples kissing. That's nice. Yeah, kiss your spouse. If you don't have a spouse, be very careful in this moment. Have a great, great afternoon. Great, great week in front of you. If you'd like prayer, please come forward. Grab one of our team. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.